0: A simple competition for software licenses ended up in court after the losing bidder claimed a Procurement Integrity Act violation. At issue was a Navy-run competition to supply software licenses over five years under a blanket purchase agreement. Simple, but not trivial, with an estimated ceiling of $2.5 billion. Smith-Pactor-McWhorter Procurement Attorney Joseph Petrillo fills us in on the details. And so often, Joe, these protest cases stem from what should be the most routine thing in the world, is bidding for a BPA to supply software licenses. But what happened here?
1: Well, this is a high-stakes BPA in order to provide the Navy and other DOD components with Microsoft software licenses and software maintenance over a period of up to five years. And it resulted in a decision by the United States Court of Federal Claims In a bid protest case of Insight Public Sector versus United States and Dell Marketing. As I mentioned, it was high stakes because the evaluated value of this procurement was $2.5 billion. The BPA had hundreds of CLINs. About 19 of those were high value and represented the bulk of the price.
0: And for the uninitiated, we should say CLIN is contract line item. And just in case anyone doesn't know that particular phrase, go ahead.
1: Right. You know, the Navy, after a few rounds of competition, awarded this BPA to Insight Public Sector. And they had underbid Dell Marketing by a few million dollars, but it only amounted to 1% of the total evaluated price. There were apparently only two bidders. During the debriefing process, Dell received the bottom line price of Insight Public Sector, but not the Clinton prices. And it sent an email pointing out to the Navy that Microsoft had changed its pricing for four of the CLINs very late in the procurement before final proposals were submitted, and therefore its competitor might have incorrectly priced those four CLINs. So the Navy looked into that, and it found out that uh, inside public sector had not priced years four and five of those CLINs, but Dell had. So the price evaluation wasn't a head-to-head comparison.
0: And by the way, those particular contract line items, even though it was a small number of them, represented a lot of the dollars of the potential value here.
1: Sure. Two of the four were high-value ones, or those 19 high-value ones. So the Navy then suspended the award and notified the offerors that one vendor had priced years four and five of those cleans, but the other had zeroed the pricing and told everyone to price out all of the years. And resubmit the pricing.
0: So could this be considered kind of a best and final request?
1: Yeah, it was actually the second best and final request. Okay. There was one earlier, and now here's another one to correct this problem. This time Dell's price was lower and it received the award. So Insight public sector protested to GAO, and as part of that protest, the agency produces certain documents to GAO and the protesters' attorneys, usually that's under a protective order and the protester doesn't get to see it. But in any event, the attorneys can see it and use the documents in the big protest proceeding. It isn't clear whether the next document I'm going to mention was submitted under the protective order or not, but by the time it got to the appellate court, it was in the public record. And that is an email from Dell raising the issue, and that was the first time that Inside Public Sector had seen that email. Inside Public Sector or their attorneys saw that email from Dell and found it suspicious they wondered why dell had focused on only four out of hundreds of clins so they asked the navy to look into the matter because there may have been a violation of the procurement integrity act with a leak from the navy to dell of that sensitive pricing information
0: we're speaking with joseph petrillo a procurement attorney with smith pactor mcwater so what looked like to dell to take their side was just missing pricing because of the changed price. They said, well, they couldn't have gotten that. It was a hunch. From Insight's standpoint, it looked like the Navy had told something to Dell about what Insight had bid.
1: That's right. And they raised that in a supplemental protest to the GAO and pointed out that the Navy had apparently not looked into that issue. The Navy responded and didn't have any indication that it was going to look into the issue of the Procurement Integrity Act. So at that point, Inside Public Sector made a tactical decision. It decided not to go forward with the GAO protest, but instead filed a protest at the Court of Federal Claims. And when that happens, it's GAO's policy to dismiss their protest so there aren't two of them pending at the same time. And the court protest proceeded. So the issue that the Court of Federal Claims faced in this decision was at what point does an agency need to go forward and investigate an allegation? of a Procurement Integrity Act violation. The Navy, in responding in the court, argued that Insight had not met the 14-day rule for protesting Procurement Integrity Act violations. There's a statute that says you can't protest those unless you bring it to the attention of the agency within 14 days. The court held, however, that the supplemental protest was good enough to meet that requirement, it had been filed within the 14-day period. So the Navy also pointed out that it wasn't clear that a Procurement Integrity Act violation had occurred. There were other reasonable explanations for the events. Everyone knew that when Microsoft had changed the pricing, it could have created confusion. So the issue now goes to the court as to whether or not those indications were enough for the Navy not to investigate or whether there was enough of an allegation here
0: and the court decided...
1: The court held that the test was going to be whether or not there was a reasonable possibility that a Procurement Integrity Act violation had occurred. What they did was they referred to an earlier case at the Court of Federal Claims, in which the court held that you did not have to conduct an investigation if there was no possibility, based on the allegations, that a violation had occurred. So they sort of changed that around, and well looked at the inverse and decided that a reasonable possibility the court decided would be sufficient. The protest was granted, and the procurement was remanded to the Navy with instructions to conduct an investigation.
0: And that's where it stands at this point.
1: Well, the investigation had a 45-day time limit. The decision was in late December, and in fact, the Navy did report to the court on the investigation. The report said that the alleged violation did not impact the award. No one from Dell Marketing obtained or was provided the clean level pricing information of inside public sector.
0: So the Navy then is trying to convince the court that Dell simply had a good hunch, but no inside information in what Insight had priced.
1: Right. And that was the result of an investigation that looked into whether or not
0: Dell had this information
1: and they were cleared on that issue. There's been additional briefing and I guess the court will have to go forward and resolve the rest of the issues in the case.
0: I mean to make an extreme analogy here, if you asked two companies to bid on supplying a brand new Cadillac Escalade with all the options, and one bid seventy two thousand dollars six cents, the other bid a dollar ninety eight, you might reasonably conclude that the other people didn't take everything into account, even though you wouldn't have seen their bid.
1: It certainly would raise... A, Not a, taking a, sides a, a in any naked. way here, but that's that's
0: <laughs> what this all kind of hinges on.
1: You know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire, and sometimes it's just a smoke machine. So uh, you got to figure out sometimes what you've got.
0: All right. Joseph Petrillo is a procurement attorney with Smith-Pactor McWhorter. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner at 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on bridging entrepreneurship and racial equity, and accelerating new majority entrepreneurs from high potential to high growth. Additionally, Melissa is co-founder of venture-backed Eureka, a community where small businesses gain unprecedented access to the expertise needed to grow their businesses, and has more than 20 years of entrepreneurship, investment, and leadership experience. Melissa, welcome, and thank you for being here.
3: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: Who is the first person that you remember looking up to as a leader, and what was it about them that inspired you?
3: So there are actually two people. Um, The first person, personally, was my mom. Uh, She was a single parent. And what I realized is that she was the leader of our household, but she was also the leader of our community. Um, She was a staunch advocate for children's rights in public schools, making sure that we got a quality education. She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, we were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing Black communities experience and to phrase it in a way not based on anger, but really using data. And so I would say I've consistently been a staunch advocate for Black and Brown communities, but has evolved from being very reactive and saying, well, don't do this and don't do that, to saying, let me explain to you why I think it's important that we take this up and really letting the facts drive the discussion. Some of that probably comes from the fact that I've worked in two presidential administrations and we all know that that just goes back and forth and often times based on rhetoric and not fact. And having six kids in a world of social media, I think there's something, the, the art of, of conversation based on facts and data has devolved to uh, opinions and pundits. And, and I think that's a challenge around leadership, because your job is not, in my mind, to convince people, but to inform people and allow them to make decisions for themselves.
2: I, I saw you on a post uh, with a Washington Post um, uh, interview, and it you were amazing. And it's interesting to listen to describe what you just said, because I could see all of that reflected in how you responded there. And um, make one other quick uh, comment about as a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, as, as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then let them roll. And that's not always easy.
3: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you've entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Love Target. Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day, in-store and online. Find the Red Card that's right for you, whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com redcard Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.